Greetings, Fearless Fivers. This is Q, one half of your humble hosts from High Five the Podcast. And I'm coming to talk to you today about our High Five hiatus. Yes, we've been MIA since our last episode in December, but we're gearing up for a brand new Season 2 to launch on February the 3rd. But until then, we understand a lot of you are experiencing High Five withdrawals. Therefore, we're going to reach deep into our back catalog and put out some episodes for you to listen to over the next couple weeks. So enjoy this old episode, and don't forget to get prepared for Season 2, The Stiffening, or something like that. Season 2, February 3rd, dropping in your ear holes. Now listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast where our hosts Q and J get together to rank movies, disagree about those rankings, and then play games to put back together the pieces of their shattered friendships. Let's join them now as they broadcast live from the writer's room. All right. Oh, welcome back to the writer's room. It is fun to be back here. Uh, we are back after a couple weeks here in the writer's room. Yep. I'm your host, Jay, and as always, I am joined by my quixotic companion, Q. Yeah, that's me. I'm the Q. You're the Q. I am the Q. And have I told you how much I love this space? Oh, our, our writer's room, HQ? It's amazing. Oh, High Five Media HQ yeah. is I'm really glad that you put in that cappuccino machine. Hey, it's much better than the espresso machine, and I mean espresso because it was like really terrible and it wouldn't put out real yeah. espresso. But do you remember? Do you remember when we had those badass baristas? Those were the shit. They we were. still have them on staff, though, they right? Were, yeah, yeah. They're, okay, they're on the payroll. We're not letting them go anytime soon. No, I'm actually not. really excited that we're back because we have a really good list today to talk yeah. about. So you know, every actor's goal is to get one of those wonderful golden statues. Oh yeah. And you know the ones that we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking Teen about Choice the, of Worlds. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. People's Choice, actually. Nickelodeon. <laughs> People's uh, Kids. Choice Awards. Infidel Choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we are talking about the Oscars. Oscars. The number one award for movies and the Academy and Awards. The Academy. The Academy. And, and on this list, we are, we are going to list the top five movies for best picture that were snubbed by some so many snubbed every year some somebody makes me mad somebody somebody puts out a fantastic film effort and then just gets slapped to the ground by some slapped with an open palm which reminds me yeah i think it's time to high five it's time to high five let's high five high five should we high five high five high five high five high five son high five don't let me hang it Alright, let's get down to it. Down Top to business. five Oscar snubs for Best Picture for best of picture. all time. So yeah. if we if we didn't narrow it down to Best Picture, we'd be here all night. There's no way we could pick a top five, I think, with every category. Because almost every year you're mad about something. So, you know, Q, tell me a little bit about why, why we chose Top 5 Oscar snubs sure. for Best Picture. And then what was going through your mind? What were your criteria? How did you... Think about this because so, I definitely have yeah. a, a criteria that no, I, I mean, had. When we talked about it, I mean, basically the the gist for me is I I shot from the gut on this one. I went for movies that I 
loved or thoroughly enjoyed that I feel should have won Best Picture, but didn't. They lost to what I consider inferior movies. And I wanted to put a list together of movies that that I feel got so close to getting that award that they deserved, but then just got, well, snubbed. Snubbed out. Snubbed out. Yeah, I thought of it very similar. But, you know, when you're thinking about the Academy Award for Best Picture, there's a lot that really goes into that because you've got to think of technical achievement. You've got to think of directing, acting, choice of sets, design, uh, thought process, writing, adaption, and everything that goes into it. So for me, when I was really narrowing these down, it really came down to that. Like what hit on the most cylinders? What was not, you know, what may have been not the most pleasing or not the most box office friendly, but what was the most technical, technical achievement in film? of that year. So whenever I'm, you know, whenever okay. I'm talking about one, whichever one it lost to, I'm not saying that's a bad movie. Right. I'm just saying the one that I, it hits on more cylinders of what it truly means to have the largest technical achievement in film uh, for that I year. Am. I'm saying that it lost to a bad movie. I would hope so. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna There's go a ahead lot and, I'm gonna of go shitty ahead. movies yeah. that get nominated. I'm going to put up my Dukes and I'm going to fight these movies. Let's do it. Right. We can take these movies out back, and we can beat them with bags of nickels that we took from movie theaters, popcorn machines. That is true. You know what? Better yet, I have a tube sock filled with Oscar statues. <laughs> nice. Beat them with. Unused Oscar statues. Yeah, fresh. Spanking new. And I tie it closed and drip it with a little bit of Leonardo DiCaprio's tears to keep it locked in. Exactly. exactly. The tears can't even get to the they Oscar can't. statues. No, it's untouchable. This year's is here. It's untouchable. I hope so. Oh, it's about time. Okay, <laughs> so... Let's start. You're number five. Yeah. All right. So my number five. So here we go. All right. So like I said in my little pre-ramble that I gave you, I chose movies that I feel uh, passionate about that I found out that lost that lost their Oscar. And my number five is, is no exception. My number five is from 90, 1995's Oscars. Okay. I, I, you know, as it should be. <laughs> right, five, yeah. It's 95. Um, and that is Pulp Fiction lost to Forrest Gump. I remember that. I remember being upset by that. Um, I That is worthy. That is worthy to be on this list. Because as you know, and as I know about you, we're big Tarantino fans. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to be honest. This Q loves movie, Q. Yeah. This movie, this movie is fantastic. It's what I was talking about earlier with firing on cylinders. It fires on every so the writing is perfect, the casting is perfect, the direction is perfect, the acting, the storytelling, the framing, the cinematography, sure. everything about it fires on so many cylinders. Um, and that that one's a tough one because Forrest Gump by is by no means is a a poor film. No, and I I know that I said that I was going to say that it lost to a worst film, but. I'm going to be honest, in this in this instance, it lost to a completely different type yes. of film. Yeah. More again, this is more box office friendly, more people saw it, more people Absolutely. reacted to it. So of course it's going to lean Way in that more direction. Wholly, wholly acceptable by the general public. Which I was almost in Forrest Gump, by the way. What? True story. Please tell me this story. I, I this. when I was a kid, growing up, I uh-huh. auditioned for the part of young Forrest Gump with the braces uh-huh. on his legs. Uh-huh. I I did a scene reading and sat in a classroom 
with fold-out chairs and read the scene of, can't sit here, can't sit here. Mama says, in my magic shoes. And I did the whole scene with one of the casting directors. And, and Are you just, serious? Yeah. And this I got is a, a thing? This is a thing. And I got a callback, and I was one of the three finalists, and I met the little kid who, who got the part. What? And uh, they called and said that the reason I didn't get it is I didn't have a good enough southern accent having grown up in uh, the south my whole life. Well, I'm going <laughs> to be honest. That's complete garbage. So Also, I, I could mean, have the been fact... The- the fact that you were legitimately mentally handicapped. Yeah, I know. I figured, That's a big step in the right a direction. A shoe in for that. That part. is a, a movie fact about that, though. The actor who played young Forrest Gump truly talked and acted like that, and Tom Hanks mimicked. No. A lot. Of, yes. Look it up. A lot of the mannerisms are mimicked by his actual mannerisms. Are you serious? Yeah. First off, I just want to say that I think you would have been fantastic. In Thank you. I think so too. You know. So. In, in that instance, then I would have maybe not put this on my list as an upset because I would have said, hey, you know what? That movie's fantastic. My best friend Jay, he did great in that. And you know Oscar. what? That, that movie deserves that Oscar. Suck but in it, this Pulp case, Fiction. you know what? You weren't in it, Mm-mm. so I'm going to throw it to the Suck wolves. it, Forrest Gump. To the wolves. Suck it, Forrest Gump. You know what? I You know what should have been in that briefcase in Pulp Fiction? An Oscar. An Oscar, yeah. <laughs> thought you were going to say Tom Hanks' head for some reason. <laughs> no, no. That's a weird place to <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to so move I, on to my number five. Yeah. Please, Please do. I would like to know what your number my five number is. My number five is uh, Gangs of New York. Ooh. Lost out to Chicago. Oh. Oh. Which is mm. – I know you love musicals, Q. <laughs> I know you love it, and I know it's a beautiful film, and I think <laughs> I think the world of it – but Gangs of New York is is masterful. It is. It, it is masterful on every single level. I agree. And Scors- it's one of Scorsese's best. It's, well, I think it's one of his masterpieces. But between Daniel Day-Lewis and Leonardo DiCaprio, you, you don't get a film that long and story-driven to, to connect so I'm definitely well. going to agree with you. I mean, Bill the Butcher uh. – is one of the most memorable characters. And the scene when, and I, and I hate to say this, but the scene when he beats the snot out of Leo DiCaprio is one of the most visceral and compelling, brutal, brutal scenes that's ever been captured. Brutal. Oh, and so know, good at character I, building. I'm going to agree with you on that because I think, uh, first off, Daniel Day-Lewis, hands down, one of the most uh, just breathtaking actors hmm. working today. Spellbinding. I mean, his stuff is just ridiculous he becomes the characters that he portrays it's absolutely amazing so i'm gonna agree with you wholeheartedly on that choice i think that is a super super honestly the only thing i'm sad about for this is that it's not higher on the list because i think i have some good ones but that one's just that one's top tier but chicago is so good so it it does deserve the recognition that it gets and not taking anything away from rob marshall in the film that he made because the film was the film yeah. was beautiful, but Scorsese, I just think, knocked it out of the park with gangs. Also, Scorsese, much like DiCaprio, is kind of one of those guys that just keeps getting just the, <laughs> no the shit it is the, the stick s- at the Oscars. Oh, it is the snubbing for him. So for me, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Sweet. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up number your, four. Your solid choice with my number four pick. Okay. My number four was 99's Oscars. And it was when Saving Private Ryan lost to Shakespeare in Love. That was, yeah, that one was big. I mean, Saving Private Ryan, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is arguably one of the greatest war films ever made. It's one of the greatest films ever I, made. I agree. But specifically oh, when it, to embody 
and portray a war in such a visceral way. It it has. I can't think of a time that it's been outdone. I really can't. I agree. I remember reading an article back when the movie came out that had uh, vets from from the war that saw this film and said that, and, and you know, it's kind of sad to hear it, but that it actually put them back in that mindset of being there. I They I said it was so realistic and it felt so true to how the feeling was that it that it, it just transported them there instantly. Well, and I know that, you know, Spielberg and Hanks are, are huge Stephen Ambrose fans, and so a lot of that gets pulled to your band of brothers, Absolutely. gets pulled from that, and and, and this really fits into that because Ambrose has a way of telling a war story that truly it, it feels almost like a documentary. Oh yeah, and it's so good. And so to pull from his knowledge and to create it as a film, yeah, it's yeah I can't yeah that that should be on the list. Plus, 100%. let's be honest, the combination of Spielberg and Hanks. No, oh. I mean yeah, come on. And I'll be on, and this is me being completely truthful. Um, there are about five instances I can remember weeping in a theater, and the end of Saving Private Ryan is one of them. I, wrap- I cry at the end of that movie pretty much every time. I'll wrap up my, my point with this. There was a scene in that movie that was one of the most visceral scenes that I've ever seen. It was when one of, the, one, of the, <laughs> one of the soldiers <laughs> was getting stabbed. Oh, and, and he, was, slowly. he was slowly saying no. As this blade was going into him, that I literally, it it made me want to puke <laughs> yeah. watching this because it made me feel like I was there. I mean, it was just so gut wrenching. Yeah. So it's... so yeah, I feel like I mean Shakespeare in Love. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. I mean, and it's directed by a guy named John Madden. Come on. So so what? You see you... Gwyneth Paltrow's boobs here. Yeah. Woohoo! She's she's a man on stage here. Yeah. Is that Donald Trump or John Madden? Is that both? Is, Are they the it's same? Both. Is they're Donald both Trump running, they're running hashtag together. Madden Trump? Hashtag Madden Trump. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Madden Trump, uh, 16. 2016. Trump Madden 2016. 20, Trump Madden 16. 20, hashtag Trump, Trump Madden, Madden 16. 16. I love yep, it. Yep, I'm with it. Um, so okay, you, so my number four. Yeah, please. That's a good choice. I think you're gonna like my number four. All right. My number four is. When Pulp Fiction lost to Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, I, know. I feel like we recently talked about this. I know. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, it's up in the list because Tarantino is such a favorite of mine. Uh, I think any time that he gets snubbed for anything is a crime against like, cinema. Absolutely. So, yeah, of course that was going to be on my list. And even though I was almost in Forrest Gump, and I honestly do love most things that Zemeckis does, yeah. I thought Pulp Fiction was a better film i thought it was a better i thought it had a, a greater achievement in film i feel like yeah i 100 percent agree as it was on my list i agree with you mm-hmm. um and i will totally back up that statement with the fact that it was a wholly original film yeah it was something that was not in the landscape of cinema at the time that that movie came out yeah. it was something that had not been done forrest gump a very kind of traditional uh underdog story mm-hmm. but I feel like Pulp Fiction was one that, you know, it had not been seen. Yeah. So I agree. Can I offer up another hashtag? Please do. How about Q for Q? Q for Q. Hashtag. Hashtag Q for Q. Q for Q. I love it. I'm with it. All right. So. All right. So that was my number four. So we need to move on I to think number three. I think it's wonderful. Uh, my number three. You mm-hmm. ready for this one? Yeah. Brace yourself. I know I ask you to do that Braced. a lot, but I want you to brace yourself. I'm literally bracing. Because I know you're a fan 
of these guys. Oh, all right. Uh, okay. My number three was happened in 1997. Okay. When Fargo <laughs> lost to the English patient. Yeah. Um, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that showed up on my list somewhere. Okay. That's so, fair enough. Because, foreshadowing. because, well, Fargo is a, a, a brilliant film from beginning to end. Absolutely. And it has sparked one of my favorite television shows of the last decade. Let's just wrap for a sec about the Fargo television series. So it is so freaking good. It is so good. I recommend that all of our listeners stop listening to this podcast right now and go watch, and watch an the first of two seasons and then come back Please. to the podcast. The coming well, back, come to, the back to the podcast is right. just as important that is, as leaving the podcast. But if you leave the podcast, you must come back. Yeah, to definitely the come back. Come after back. The, but well, yeah. I'm sure they've all subscribed by now, so they automatically get it in their feeds. So right, because be only losers don't subscribe to yeah, this. Only losers. Yeah. You don't want to be a loser. And Donald Trump supporters. Right. Um, or. So, or Trump Madden sports. Trump Madden 16. Trump <laughs> yeah, Madden 16. Trump Madden 16. I know I'm voting. Okay, yeah, Fargo. So, yeah. I mean, it's I've, a great film from beginning to end. And let's be honest. Who remembers The English Patient? Nobody. There was like a bathtub or something, and Is then there? it was really boring. I don't really I don't It was even like know two what, and a half hours of sadness. You know what? I remember there was this guy, and he spoke English. But and he, he was, was also a, a patient? I think there was a nurse, and someone was in love. Right. And there was there was probably right. some loss. Someone so let me dies. Ask you, do you remember that, or do you remember a wood chipper? Oh, I remember Steve Buscemi. Do you? I do. Do you? Does that I do. that that I rings do. more truly yeah. in your head than uh, McDermott? I mean, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, all, no, no all, discussion. All righty. My number three. You ready <laughs> for this? Yes. Number three. David Private Ryan lost to Shakespeare in Love. Oh, what a weird coincidence. <laughs> I know. I kind of hate it because now we can't talk about it again. No, nope, we just, can. I Let's love David Private Ryan. <laughs> hey, you remember that scene where the dude carried his arm and yeah. stuff? <laughs> Guess what? We can talk about whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> it's our podcast. Yeah. There's nothing you can do it about this. It doesn't, doesn't matter. But yeah, no. Saving Private Ryan. Uh, Shakespeare in Love sucks. Sorry. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Ooh, it's not a good movie. The shot you, across the bow. Have you watched that movie? <laughs> it sucks. It's not good. <laughs> it is garbage. It's David Private Ryan is so good. It is so it's good. So good. It is ridiculous. Matt Damon, are you listening? It's so Matt good. Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. But that's not from that movie. That's no. from another great movie. No, but every time I hear Matt Damon say, I can't help but think about that. Matt, Matt Damon. But no, Saving Private Ryan is so good. It's Giovanni Rubisi. Mom, Mom, I'm cold. I'm cold. I'm, I'm so cold. cold. I'm going to cry so right cold. now. It's because you're dying, Giovanni Rubisi. Dying. Oh. So that's, that, that's is a, that is a super, super solid Okay, so what's your number two? All right, my number two. You ready for this? I hope so. All right. <laughs> this one's from 1977. Okay. Whew. Can you guess? Probably. <laughs> All right, don't. Okay. <laughs> because it is Taxi Driver Lost to Rocky. Oh, man. And that's such a hard – you know what? I almost put that one on my list. Mm-hmm. But Rocky is really good. It is really good. And, and I know Taxi Driver, it, that one's so tough because I really think it could go either way. But once, but here, here's kind of my defense of this. Okay, okay go for First it. First off, you have two uh, career-making terms. Okay, yeah. Scorsese mm -hmm. made a film that was so cutting edge, showing a, a troubled human being at the end of his rope just – a, a true delve into just the disgusting psyche that some people will go to, right? 
Then you also had a career-making turn by Robert De Niro. And, I mean, Jodie Foster, who won an Oscar Jody Foster, for I it. I will agree. Absolutely, absolutely. But Robert De Niro, I mean, who, who, who hasn't quoted lines from that movie? Oh, everybody. You know what I mean? I'd hope so. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure some people haven't. So let's just get that out of the yeah, way. Yeah. But for they should all of you have, out there who haven't, you know, they should have. Whatever. But yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, it's one of those. It's one of those seminal films that was just so. Once again, much like Pulp Fiction, so gritty and so different, and just so. Ugh, I can't even describe it. Yeah, I feel like I deserved it. Now, Rocky, absolutely fantastic film. It spawned one of the greatest franchises which, of all time. Which, which is timely because now, you know, this year we've got it's just the got franchise Creed. continuing in Creed, yeah, Creed, which is, which is again, also Oscar-worthy. Which is also lots of buzz about this movie. Mm-hmm. They're saying that it has truly kind of come back around and did to you see its it? roots. It's really, I haven't. It's great. Is it great? It's great. It looked great. It, it was. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree, and I don't know if I can agree because – I just They're think it really could tip films. either way. I, yeah. I don't think there's enough of a distinctive difference for me for it to be a, a snub. A distinctive di- – do you know yeah. what the movies are about? They're very different. Shut up. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean. In quality. Right. In that's quality. But, you know, I think that's and, – and part of it is the criteria on which I base my list is that I thought there, had, there was enough of a gap between them right. where I could definitively say, no, nah, that's one should have won. Sure. But I'm so torn on that one. I, I don't – I don't – Discount it being on your list, but I'm yeah. so torn over that. That's fair. Well, you've, let's hit, you've, let, you've you've hurt me. I mean, that's fair. Let's hear your number two. Okay. Then. Well, I think there's gonna be a lot of debate about this one. All My right. number two is Fargo by the Gun Brothers. What? I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> and the English patient, because the English patient sucks. Sucks. It super sucks. <laughs> it super sucks. And, and Fargo is super great. You know who else is also super great? The Gun Brothers. Yeah. So, and we, so, you know, you know that new movie, Hail Caesar, that's going out. I really want to see that. I movie. bet it's going to be great. I think it's going to be gonna great. Be great. I'm so when go- the Coen Brothers, when you're listening to this, know that we love your movies. Yeah, we super do. And if you want to reach out to us and put us in one of your movies, I'm totally down for Wouldn't it. Wouldn't stop you. Yeah, we. So do. all right, we're at number one. And thank God you haven't already named my number one. <laughs> Jesus. I think I'm wondering. Do we have the same number one? I don't know. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna do my number one first. Yeah, you have to. And then I'm gonna look at you in your eyes, and I'm gonna see look your at reaction. Me in my I'm, gonna, I'm gonna gauge it. Okay. Are you ready for this? Okay. My number one pick. Poker face. Is from 2015. Okay. And it is Boyhood losing to Birdman. That's my number one. High five. So let's just talk about it because that's my number one too. And let me right out of the gate. Let's do it for all those. Hater high fivers out there, mm-hmm. those mother fivers, mother fivers. Birdman is amazing. It is on an every film. level. Absolutely, Birdman is amazing. And if Birdman had been released in any other year besides the year the Boyhood I would fight for was released, it to be. I would fight for it. Now, and I would have put it on this list had it not won to I anything agree. else but Boyhood. I agree. But when we're thinking about the Oscars. Like I said before, we're thinking about technical achievement in the art of filmmaking. And nothing in the history of cinema can withstand the technical achievement that Linklater was able to pull off with Boyhood. And that's the end of the story. It's not not even up for debate. Factually – it is more. It is more of an impressive achievement than anything that's ever been done in Absolutely. film. Absolutely, for for a non-documentary film 
to span the time that it did with the cast that it did and to capture these people at such intricate points in their lives, these characters portrayed by the same actors is, it, for, for lack of a better word, it's breathtaking. It's, it's a miracle. absolutely breathtaking. And on top of that, you've got to add in the actual mechanics and logistics of what this took because – not only were these actors not allowed by the studios to sign these multi-year agreements. Absolutely. So Linklater had to do the entire scheduling of this off of faith. With fingers crossed, hoping that they would come that back. That they would come back. And in 12 years, an actor's career can go in an amazing number of directions. So to have it work and aside from all of that, it be a mesmerizing film. Oh, absolutely. If it was a terrible film, we wouldn't That's, even be talking about sure, it. It's like, oh, hey, sure. this guy, this Wow, this, that was really this cool. Guy, this he did big that. thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but it's boring as shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but this wasn't. This made a statement. This had amazing performances. This had a, a story that was actually never been told before. Sure. And I. It, it was heartbroken that it did when I, I honestly was. I agree, and and I'm with you so much, and I'm so glad that we that we coalesced on our number one choice here. I really, truly feel like I I can't agree with you more that Birdman, while a fantastic movie, and I, I own Birdman, we've watched it multiple times. Oh, I love it. I watched it with you. Yes, it is a wonderful film, and a a career-making turn for Michael Keaton. I mean, something that just kind of blew me away as far as his performance mm -hmm. in that movie. Which, of course, led to the things that he's doing now and his amazing performance in Spotlight, which, again, is... Which I haven't it, seen. <laughs> you need to see it. I know. You keep saying oh, all these movies that I haven't seen. I know, it's so we need to see you. I just am better than you at everything. Let's just stop the podcast and go watch this movie <laughs> yeah. right now. Okay. Oh, but yes, so... Oh, boyhood. It's great. Yeah. It is a wonderful film. And you know what? You and me, 100% agreed on our number one choice. And I love it. And I think because of that, we should high five and allow for some time for a word from our amazing sponsors. I agree. Let's Let high five. Sponsors. Sponsors. And after these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Matt Spunkle. And do you like your door jams licked? Every old door jams need good liquors, and that's what I am. I'm Matt Spunkle, door jam liquor. Hi, I'm Sylvia, and I had Matt Spunkle come and lick my door jam, and I'll tell you what, my door has never closed as good as it did after Matt Spunkle. I remember Miss Pfeffinger because her doorknobs tasted like copper. Hi, I'm Charles, and I'm here to tell you that Matt Spunkle door jam liquor is the best damn liquor that there's ever been. I like licking door jams because when I was a kid, um, I licked door jams in school, and I liked it. Hey, Matt Spunkle, are you hiring door jam liquors? Because I tell you what, I've also enjoyed licking a jam or two. Well, um, I'm Matt Spunkle, and you can call me at 1-800. I lick your door jams for $15 a minute. Delicious.com. Hey, does anybody around here know where I can get rid of all these orange pills? I sure do love me some clementines, but, but gosh darn it, if these pills aren't so burdensome. Excuse me, sir. 
I work for the Orange Peel Depot, and I will give you $20 for your orange peels. Well, by golly, that would be amazing. Fine. $50 for your orange peels. The, the, okay, this day just can't get much better. $200 for your orange peels. That just... Okay, I mean, I'm... I'm so... I'm so happy. Fine. $30,000 for your orange peels. I accept... I am so happy that I think I may have... I will sell my car for your orange peels. Them peels I rubbed on my wiener. You can have my family for your orange peels, please. I love this deal. Will you stop? Fine. I will give you the business for your orange peels, please. I accept. Well, Orange Peel Depot, now going out of business. Owned by me and my wiener penises. And welcome to the East meets South Massage Parlor. Is it cool, is it not blaze it, bro? Would you like to be rubbed down by one of our specialists while also getting our world-famous spicy ending? We'll make you feel good. And also slightly burny. All right, if they say you want to get the rub down, I'm making you feel good. If you don't feel good, I'm making you feel great with that spicy ending. We also give free egg roll with every massage. And nachos, bro. I'm talking about your egg roll. <laughs> nachos. No, but also your egg roll. But nachos. But also your egg roll. Spicy. All right, welcome back from commercial from our world famous sponsors. You know what I liked? That our sponsors sponsor us. No, yeah, they're so sponsoring. Yeah, you know, sometimes they may say they support us. It's a sponsorful relationship. It is. It's a symbiotic sponsor. Sponsorship, some soul. Sure, yeah, sponsorship. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, now that we're here back from commercial, it's time for one of my favorite parts of the show where we play games. So yes. uh, I am a per- personal fan favorite, but we have a new game today to Ooh, play. I'm so excited! So uh, you've heard of Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Of course. Imagine. He has okay, it. great. So our show today, our game is Kevin Seven Degrees. Is <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Degrees? <laughs> Of Kevin Bacon. No, Ooh, it's yeah. seven degrees of actual bacon. Like for real bacon? For real bacon. So what we have, we have our trusty random hat here. Yep. And we've got six random food items in that hat. I like You're going to draw one. You're going to draw one. And then I'm going to draw one. Mm-hmm. And we have to connect scenes with actors eating food between the first item of food and the second item of food. Oh, so this is going to be fun. All right, here we so go. So reach in and pull out your choice. All right. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Mixed it up. You've got a good one, I'm assuming. <laughs> what, what is yours? <clears throat> Where, what do we have to connect first? Mine is pie. Pie. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mine is sausage. Boy. <laughs> so we have to connect oh, pie right, and sausage. All right, so... so Let's uh let's We have get to find ready. a movie with they eating pie. Yeah, let's get ready to find the degrees of actual of actual bacon. Bacon. Here we go. Okay. What comes to mind when you think of scenes with pie? 
Um, American Pie? Yeah, okay. He so fu- He fucked a pie. So we have um, Jason, Jason Biggs, Biggs fucking, a, fucking pie. a pie. So what other movie is Jason Biggs doing anything with food? Um... I haven't seen a lot of Jason <laughs> Biggs movies. Uh, in, uh, in, oh, wait, in Loser? I'm pretty sure he probably eats something. <laughs> no, that, okay. Is that we, an accurate we can't representation? Do we can't do it that way, no. No, okay, So let's go, go back, right, let's Jason go back Biggs. to this. Or, no, just <laughs> Let's go back to pie. Let's, <laughs> okay, not Jason Biggs. Let's go all the way back to pie. All the way back to pie. So right. what's like, okay, there's uh, there's got to be a movie with like a clown or like pie in the face. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there is. <laughs> all right, here we go. I, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Hey, there's that movie where J- Jason Biggs fucked a pie. Oh, this game is so hard. Have you seen that? I think so, yeah. All right, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to go Oh, with... wait. Here's a good one. Here's yeah, no, I just thought of a good one. Yes, please do. Stand By Me has a pie contest. Oh, you're right. Okay, so wait. So who's, who's the fat kid in that one? Uh, oh, uh, Jerry uh, O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell is the fat child. But we've also got Kiefer Sutherland. No, let's stick with Jerry O'Connell. Okay. All right. So, Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell eating things. Which he apparently did a lot in the early days, but not anymore. Now he's, like, super attractive. Um, he is super handsome. It's actually kind of disturbing. It bothers me. Um, let's see here. He's in Jerry Maguire. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. In Piranha 3D, he gets eaten by a piranha. <laughs> is that fair? Yes. And then... Okay, so he gets eaten by a fish. <laughs> so fish. So we'll go to fish. Okay. All right. So in Piranha 3D, Jerry O'Connell is eaten, eaten by, by a, a fish. fish. And right. then <clears throat> in um in the heart of the sea, uh, Thor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is His attacked actual... by a fish. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's attacked by a giant fish. Uh, but is he eaten? I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't think so. All right. It's so, not, it's not, a, it's not a story from the Bible. Oh, oh, I've got it. I've got it. Okay. Uh, all right. So Jerry O'Connell is eaten by a fish, right? Right. Yes. Okay. And then in The Wolf of Wall Street, okay, Jonah Hill eats a live fish. Right? And then Jonah Hill probably likes sausage right, so, in real life. Yeah. <laughs> the end. The end. Yeah, we Jonah, did it. Jonah Hill, Hill likes sausage. High five. Jonah Hill likes sausage. We totally, we totally did Jonah it. Hill is that awesome. game is super easy. And on this week's episode, Q, we actually get to play two games. Two games? Two games. I'm so excited. And this is one of our favorite games. Q, we're going to play Hollywood Recast. I love Hollywood Recast. High five, Hollywood Recast. Who TM in a circle. It better, we'll tell you. <laughs> so, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, this is where we draw a random movie out of our random hat. Mm-hmm. And then we decide who should play the titular three to four characters um, in a nowadays version. So yeah, let's do it. Cute, draw a movie, and let's get down to business. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's see what we got here. Ooh. Mm. Ooh, we got a good one? Mm, poignant. I've never heard of that. This week, 
Oh, Star Wars a Star new Wars, hope. A new hope. Okay, oh, so boy. Uh, what are we what Some are we looking large at? Undertaking. So Luke obviously. Luke, Leia, Han. Han and Darth. Oh, so, so we're Let's thinking voice. Darth. Why not? Thinking yeah. voice Just actor voice. for Darth. Yeah, sure. So okay. who embodies Darth Vader? Darth Vader. Ooh, that's uh, we'll save him for last. All right. Okay, so, so Luke. Luke first so we're thinking, and foremost. So we're thinking probably someone who's not too well known. Yeah. But that has the chops to definitely carry a movie with a young, adolescent type feel fervor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe a little bit like kind of ungroomed, kind of the, some inbred naivete. The, yeah, if you will. really, absolutely. So let's think here. What do we got? We've got. Having a tough time with this one because there aren't a lot of. Really great youngins. young actors. I know that yeah. one's hard. I mean, young is young is hard to cast nowadays. You know, he's not so much an up and comer, but I think he could embody a lot of what we're thinking of. Okay, but Miles Teller. All right, I can see that. Like he's definitely got the sarcastic. Tight, but I, I do think he could probably play down. He usually plays more of a cocky character, but I think he could play down and play some naivety. I'm going to throw you a curveball here, okay. and I'm going to say – I'm going to jump ahead. And I'm going to say that I think maybe Miles Teller would be a better Han Solo. Okay. I just – well, do you think he's grizzled enough? Han Solo is supposed to be sort of, you know, that grizzled smuggler. You think so? Kind of. All right. So – yeah, I mean, I like I like Miles Teller. I think he can definitely pull off both the kind of like down. Like, did you mm-hmm. see Whiplash? Oh yeah, I mean, fantastic. He, he played kind of that like naive, mm-hmm. you know, eager to please kind of kid. Yeah. Um. So I definitely agree with that choice on the on the sense that I think he can pull that off. Okay. Um. So so yeah. I mean, I'm I support that. Okay. We'll lock yeah, that yeah. in. Yeah, we'll lock that in. So Miles but, Teller as Luke. And we mentioned Han. So let's move to him. He's he's a big right, role. Han. We can't mess this up. I mean, that's hard. honestly, that is. Hard. You know, this is this is a remake that would never need to happen because it's so perfectly done in the first place. But you know that Han, that schmarmy, kind of middle, not middle age, you know, middle age, yeah. just. Been around the block, smuggler, probably got on the wrong side too early yeah. and is now just really good sure. at what he does. Hmm. Okay, hold on, let me think. But you gotta you gotta cast somebody who's who's honestly gives off an air of like I could give two shits. You know who I think there. could do it well? Please. I think Jake Gyllenhaal could pull it off. Yeah? I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Just kind of like the, but the current, the recent Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Not like Donnie Darko. Jake. No, no, no. Modern day Jake Gyllenhaal. I suppose. Mm, yes, I'm yeah, with it. That's good. But I'm also, uh, I also kind of thought back when I said Donnie Darko, Jake Gyllenhaal. I was like, maybe Donnie Darko, Jake Gyllenhaal for like Luke. Yeah, but I mean, we're casting it now. I know. Yes, current. Current Jake Gyllenhaal, 100% on board with that. Boom. Definitely. Love it. Okay, so, Leia. So Leia. Ooh, that's a hard one. Because Leia's got to embody a powerful, feminine, you know, just kind of, I'm, I, I don't need rescuing, but also kind of that sensual side. You know, this may feel out of left field, but I feel like 
this actress could do it. All right. Isla Fisher. Okay. So I, can... I, I think, you know, she's definitely well-established, uh-huh. uh, familiar face to a lot of people, but she's not like that Jennifer Lawrence level recognizable. I'm going to, I'm going to posit someone different. Okay. I'm going to put Kate Mara. Ooh. I'm going to say Kate Mara as Leia. She has that kind of every girl yeah. thing. I'm 100%. I'm, uh, I also throw out my strength. suggestion. I'm going to bury my suggestion in a box That's and then push it off into sea after it's been buried on something sturdy. I, yeah. And then I'm going to set it on fire with an arrow Perfect. thrown by a Viking. And when it. I say thrown, I mean literally with his forearm like and bicep. Just hurled further than a, than a person could with a bow and arrow. And then it's going to light on fire because your suggestion is so much better. Kate Mara is, so good. is it. <laughs> so we've got Miles Teller as Luke. Mm-hmm. We've got Jake Gyllenhaal as Han Solo. Mm-hmm. We have Kate Mara as Leia. And couldn't you see Kate Mara and, and Miles Teller kind of being brother-sister? Totally. Although they were 100%. together in Fantastic Four. In Fantastic Four. Four, which is complete garbage fire. So, so this gonna remake is going to be way better than <laughs> way that Way better than that. <laughs> that yeah, absolutely. But so that brings us to kind of a, an integral wanna, character. In I don't this. even want to do this one. This I'm is so a scared. Thing, but you have to. I know. We, we have to do this. We need somebody who embodies the darkness yet slight vulnerability of Darth Vader. Who could pull that off to you? In your mind. So, but this is, you were talking about this person actually being seen. Yeah. So they almost have to physically embody it as well. This. That's really hard because, you know, right off the bat, I kind of want to say somebody like Benedict Cumberbatch. Ooh. I think that yeah, he that's a solid I choice. think that he has the the gravitas and and the just the strength to really pull that off but you but know being seen yeah being seen I think he could also pull it off being seen but you know taking it taking a page from you know Smaug he's extremely intimidating when it's mm-hmm. just his voice I agree and I almost think that having it be just his voice would be more intimidating than having him be in a black armor. I agree. So that's where, that's the only thing I'm leaning on I'm because if we're going on a scene route, I don't know if he's 100% right, but I definitely think that he, he could give it what we I'm going to put forth two. Okay. All right. My first, Liam Neeson. Okay. And that's pulling, I know he's been in Star Wars. Yeah. But, I'm thinking Liam Neeson has the 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 strength and the darkness to be someone who seems like a force to be reckoned with. Also, he's physically imposing. He's and a tall dude. And in the Lego movie, he was sort of the Darth Vader to Will Ferrell's Emperor. Exactly. Exactly. I think I that's where you're probably pulling agree. this from. Yeah. And <laughs> I think it is too, actually. Uh, and there's one other person. Yeah, I want to hear now, this. Now this last is one. totally out of left field. Yes. Daniel Day-Lewis. That's not how I left field. Daniel Day-Lewis could do anything. Exactly. I worship at the throne of Daniel Day-Lewis. This man could do any part that you put in front of him. You know what? I'm going to throw one more out there. And however much I love your suggestions, I think I'm going to have to line them up against a wall and shoot them. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Idris Elba. 
Boom, done. Idris Elba wins. Every time in my book, Idris Elba wins. Do you see Beast Ooh. of No Nation? Yes. And have you seen Luther? Oh, my God. I mean, but imagine him as Darth Vader. Imagine him as that strong, imposing figure and with that humanity side. But he has – yeah, he has the darkness. You, you almost want to root for him. And also that just like – that bit of humanity and inside. And him being Miles, Teller, Miles Teller's father – Huge twist. Huge twist. Nobody Shaman would see that coming. level twist. No one would see that coming. But you know what? I that's agree. our movie. I Miles agree. Teller as Luke, Kate Mara as Leia, Jake Gyllenhaal as Han, and, and Idris, Idris Elba as Darth Vader. As Darth Vader. Boom. Hollywood, maybe not make it happen because yeah, we love no, Star yeah, Wars. don't make it. Happen. But, but like internet, make that happen. Internet, internet, do it. Make that happen. Ready? Somebody has the skills to do it. Ready? Click. Done. Well, sadly, that brings us to the end of this episode. And so sad to leave the writer's room. And as always, Q, so sad to leave you as well. But I think we've done something good here today. Yeah. I'm excited about it. And uh, we'll be back in about two two weeks. Yep. And uh, talking about some more high five lists. So if you have your listeners out there, if you have your high five lists, uh, email them to us at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. And we'll be back in about two weeks. And as they say in Hollywood, that's a wrap. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happened to the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here. Psst. Hey, you. You made it to the end of the podcast. And guess what? There's a little something at the end of the credits. And for those of you that didn't make it, go five yourself. Hey, call me now for your free reading on a vacation accent. Do you want the best of the vacation accents? Mabadoom. I'm not even sure this is a Haitian accent. Can you tell me, is this a Haitian accent? What exactly is a Haitian accent? A Guatemala and the beans. Hey, let's throw a shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> Haitian. Style. <laughs> accent. Do you? Do, these aren't real Haitian accents. These are fake Haitian accents. Did I say call me now for a free reading? <laughs> Haitian. <coughs> 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 You know what I could use? <coughs> A used cough drop. Here you go. <coughs> oh, so much better. Thanks for that. Have you ever felt the need for a cough drop? But it's just too damn hard to open the little packages they come in. Sometimes you just need to use one. I did. And you know what? My cough went away overnight. Sometimes. People say I sound like Samuel L. Jackson with a cough drop in my mouth. They could say that about you, too. It's only because I say, get these motherfucking cough drops into my motherfucking mouth. So next time you need a used cough drop, reach for the true used cough drop. The used cough drop that just came out of a mouth that was used for some <coughs> cough drop. And mouth into the cough drops. <coughs> drops. Coming this fall to CBS, Randy, Randy, and Randy. It's a reality show featuring your favorite Randys. We've got Randy Newman. Hey, you know, 
this little old song. We've got Randy Quaid. That's crazy. And we've got Randy Savage post-death. That's crazy. Come see what happens with Randy, Randy, and Randy. You won't believe it when Randy Quaid steals Randy Newman's baked beans. Hey, Randy, I'm going to have these baked beans now. I don't think my baked beans are for you. They're for me in my mouth. And then that time that Randy Savage butted in with his two words. That's crazy! Randy, Randy, and Randy. CBS this fall after Mike and Molly. Wait, no. After? Randy, Randy, and Randy. Shibbly dop. Watch Randy. As Randy Savage says. <laughs> well, welcome to Martin O'Flannery's House of Celebrity Earwax Sculptures. Fuck Madame Tussauds. You need to come to this place. You'll see famous collections such as... Come and down and see the Eiffel Tower made from earwax of Matt Damon. Also see Ben Affleck's car sculpture made out of his beautiful golden earwax. And then wander on over and see the dead possum made from Morgan Freeman's ear kernels. Have you ever seen an entire house made out of Ed Sheeran's ear fungus? I don't know about that, but I sure have seen the uh, the Empire State Building made out of Lady Gaga's earbuds. Ooh, that's sexy. Have you ever seen a, a fruit basket made out of uh, Morgan Freeman's delicious ear jizz? <laughs> Two things from Morgan Freeman. How impressive for him and his earwax. But have you also seen a stereo made out of B. Arthur's earwax? Oh, B. Arthur. What about the other Golden Girls collection featuring such things as an Afghan? <laughs> made out of Betty White's earwax? Yeah. That's all, all the Golden Girls. <laughs> mixture. Well, I've also seen... A <laughs> I've also seen a Kia Sorento made out of Ryan Reynolds' earwax. Ooh, what about President Obama's Washington Monument made out of beautiful ear kernels as well? <laughs> or I could also see a, a, a mop made out of Randy Quaid's earwax. What about the silent statue of David made out of Randy Savage's earwax? Ooh, is that right next to the dead octopus <laughs> made out of made out of Madame Tussauds earwax? Ooh, you know what I say? Fuck Madame Tussauds because this wax museum is way better. Also, have you ever seen a leaping leprechaun made out of Russell Crowe's ear nuggets? No, but I have seen an abominable snowman made out of Edward Norton's ear nuggets. Ooh, I like that. Have you ever seen? Uh, maybe a box or three or four <laughs> made out of Jennifer Aniston's luscious ear goo. <laughs> That's right, next to the exhibit of the entire 1997 Chicago Bulls made out of Chandler Bing's earwax. Yes, what about Michael Jordan's Bugs Bunny? <laughs>
<laughs> made out of his beautiful ear residue. And then finally, a burning cross and Nazi symbol made out of Donald Trump's earwax. It just fell out like that. I'm going to be honest, that's super strange. But either way, you could come down to see uh, it from Martin O'Flannery's House of Celebrity Earwax Sculptures. Once again, fuck Madame Tussauds. <laughs> I'm Charles, because Charles, Charles, just, you know, sometimes I'm Charles, Charles, you're, you're not Charles, some of you might be Charles, but I'm Charles, come see my show, it's, it's, it's Charles, just Charles with period. Just a Charles with, with a period. Um, yeah, Charles. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Do you have peels? To fruit that you're done with? Specifically, orange peels. I would love some. Hi, my name's Hugs Cloudburst. And I, with my partner Tugs, run a personal motivators company for hire. Now, Tugs, tell them a little bit about what we do. Hi, my name's Tugs McPuffin Stuff, and I loves to motivate people. It makes me super happy down deep in my insides. So when we hug and we tug, it sometimes doesn't feel good at first, but the more we get working on it, the more we get working on you, it just it feels real good, you know? And we personally motivate you. And, and and we tell you about the good things in life. I tell you, you what, just feel hugs. real good. I tell you what, hugs. I wish every person out there right now would just let us hug and tug on them. You know what I mean? Just because, hug and tug. Because you and me, we're just two people just trying to motivate people to be the best hugs, they can be. Cloud bursts, and I'm, I'm, I motivate people personally. And I'm tugs McStuffin Puff, <laughs> and I also loves to motivate people. 